Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. We want to get to know Brooke a little bit more. Um, as we said, six individual golds at the World Championships, eight in total. That's amazing. Gold medal and silver in Athens 2004 in the team and also the individual. Now... Youngest swimmer, 1994 Commonwealth Games. What, were you, what, 15, 16? Yeah, I was 15 at the Com Games trials that were in Brisbane. And I, I actually turned 16 during the national titles. Was that daunting as a... And then as a 16-year-old, the day I turned 16, I got announced on the Commonwealth Games team. that I was in year 11, attending McKellar Girls High School down in Sydney. and 94, I, was that New Zealand, Auckland? It was... Canada. Canada. It was, yeah, Victoria, Canada. So uh, the island off Vancouver. Like, what a place to go to your first Com Games. Was that daunting as a... Oh, no, I just embraced it. It was just the, yeah, it was just the best. Yeah, it was just the, the best moment to be on the team with all of my heroes growing up. You know, Kieran Perkins, Hayley Lewis, Andrew Bowden. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, I loved it. I just embraced every every minute of being on that game games team. The marshalling area before a race. Now, for the listeners, obviously, it's a room where if you're the next race, you're all sitting there. You're all tough competitors. Were you the sort of athlete that would interact with the other swimmers or were you in your zone? And what's the marshalling area like? Is it quite intimidating? Oh, it is, definitely. And I'd, I'd always try and create a bit of nerve. So we talk about that performance arousal where you needed to be. So I needed a little bit of butterflies in my stomach to get the best performance out of myself. And it meant, you know, of course, it meant it meant something. But Olympic marshalling areas sort of had added pressure because, of course, you wanted to walk on to an Olympic pool deck and you wanted to win a medal. So I remember the Olympics being the most intense, intense marshalling area. And even some of the coaches were allowed in those Olympic rooms and I remember the Chinese coaches coming in and just patting the girls down and and some of them just keeping their goggles on and being so focused and a few of the other girls sort of jumping around with sort of nervous energy with smiles on their faces and us Aussie girls were all pretty calm and you know would be chilled out I'd just try and use all my energy for the race but I remember it being yeah, pretty crazy at times just seeing how everyone got themselves ready to perform at their best. It's interesting you mentioned the Chinese swimmers because my next question is going to be about the Chinese swimmers. You were beaten by a Chinese swimmer for the gold medal in the individual breaststroke. Was that about the time the Chinese were being questioned about their training techniques no, and I've, their physiques? Well, I was fortunate. 2004 Athens Olympics, I got silver in the 100 metres breaststroke beaten by a Chinese swimmer, but at that stage there was all of the the blood tests were happening as well as the urine samples. But Chinese swimming had gone through a fair bit 10 years prior, I guess, prior to that moment. So I believed at that point the 100 metres breaststroke for females was definitely a clean a clean final, mm. that none of us were on any, on any gear. But 10 years prior, 
we knew that we were going against females that were definitely taking performance enhancing Remember drugs. Remember that image of that Chinese swimmer that she got out of the pool at the World Champs at the time? She had a massive lats and back yep. on her. It looked like a... It looked like she was riddled with everything. And you'd be in the change rooms, oh. you know, putting on your Speedos and there'd be like acne on their backs and their chests and their, and they'd have no no breasts and armpit hair and just like just, I don't know, grow, like growth of muscles where women don't usually look like that. And that, mm. that was so intimidating. It was really scary to be in a, in, in a change room with, with girls that you knew were taking something that they shouldn't have yeah. been. Rightio, one 1170 uh, I've got a, a caller on the line. This is Mark from Upper West Pennant Hills. Now, we, we found out that Upper West Pennant Hills doesn't exist. It's just West Pennant Hills. But any, yep. anyway, Mark, got a question for Brooke, <laughs> mate? Well, there's no bottom right either, mate. <laughs> <laughs> What's your question? But... um. Brock, I just want to know what your thoughts are when you're in the pool in, in that amazing crowds and everything. Don't you reckon that lifeguard sitting on that plastic chair in the corner is the most <laughs> overpaid, overrated? <laughs> like, there's not a guy in the stadium, that person in the stadium that can't swim, and you've got a lifeguard sitting there getting mega dollars. <laughs> mega dollars. thoughts there, Brooke? Well, I, I thought that that might be a, a good job for me come the, the Brisbane 2032 Olympics. I can What's just, the reason behind I it? can sit there in the lifeguard tower and I guess if you were going to have a, you know, a heart attack mid-race or mm. if there was going to be, you know, something that happened, that lifeguard is there and they're going to dive in and, and pick you up from the bottom of the pool and start their recess. Good stuff. <laughs> good question, Mark. Great question. But I'm happy. Yeah, Mark, I'm definitely happy to take that role at the Olympics. Now, Liesl Jones was coming through sort of at the back end of your career, this 14-year-old that makes the Olympic team for Olympics. Afternoon, Brooke. This is uh, Will from Clovelly Road at Randwick. I don't know why he's giving you his full address. That's creepy, Will. <laughs> Afternoon, Brooke. How was your relationship with Liesl Jones? He he. He seems to think she was a poor loser. I don't. We don't really know her, but you do. What was your relationship like with her coming through? Yeah, I guess with Liesl it was tough. She she was a fourteen year old at Sydney two thousand. She won the silver medal there, and in two thousand and four, she was the fastest qualified that year. She was the the world record holder, and she went into that Olympics as the favourite. And then when I was ranked fourth for that final and I got up and, and after missing two Olympic teams, I finally achieved my Olympic dream after 22 years. Mm. And I stood on that Olympic podium, got the silver medal and Bruce McAvaney said she's the happiest silver medalist I've ever seen. It's a golden reward for never giving up a silver medal with a golden reward. And then you went to Liesl, who was the favourite, She'd won the bronze. Mm. I'd beaten her by one one hundredth of a second and she didn't have a smile on her face. So there was a lot of media around that that she looked like a sore loser at the time. But you've, I guess you've just got to realise from her point of view, she was just absolutely devastated with her performance. She put the pressure on herself. She knew that she had the performance to win, but she just didn't step up at that moment to win. But to her credit, four years later... She backed it up and finally won individual Olympic gold in Beijing and, and then went on to London as well, now a four-time Olympian. And we roomed together at the Melbourne Commonwealth Games in 2006, became great teammates and fantastic friends and still friends today. Yeah, good. Great stuff. Well answered. Now, Woogie and Worm. Worm's my old nickname. And Woogie's mine. Yeah. 
I'd like to case. ask Brooke what her genuine personal opinion is of this sports sponsorship bizzo. By the way, Brooke, congratulations on a stellar career. Muzz, so in relation to what's going on with the, the netball, uh, what's going on with Australian cricket, private sponsorship, commercial agreements, we had a chat about this off air. Yeah, but yeah. so any sponsorship, any sponsorship is welcome. Mm. So I, I, don't, I don't care about anything else. If the money is there and the sport is being supported by that amount of money that is going from the, the top legends of the game of the sport and it's coming all the way down to to those athletes that are just you know scraping on to those minor teams it is money that is needed in sport and there's not enough corporate money in sport and there's still athletes like myself that are working three four part-time jobs as well as training full-time for an Olympic Games. So you were I, saying that you had three part-time jobs, wow. studying in university and doing two and three sessions a day. Yes, yeah, mm. three sessions. Yeah, three sessions a day, uni and working because you had like I had to pay the rent. I had to, uh, yeah, pay the bills, put food on the table, and then obviously I wanted to know that swimming wasn't going to go forever, so I wanted to study at uni, and it just like it continued. But for now, I just I just look at all these sports and I'm like. No, like the money's, you're not going to get another sponsor that's going to give you $15 million. Like mm. show me the money and keep the money. Mm. Stop complaining. No complaints about any, like whatever you're complaining about, whether it's, yeah, cl- climate change. I, like I don't care what you're complaining about. Don't, just don't do it because the money's not going to come back. Wow. Strong words from Brooke Hansen tonight on Sports Day. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And don't forget, you can listen to Sports Day every day from Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. Queensland time. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91